Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is JC. JC, we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. How are you doing? Double and nothing, baby. What is it? It's on Sunday, right? Sunday. Sunday pay-per-view, so uh, I'm not going to be able to watch a lot because the Celtics game four is that day. But uh, yeah, uh, it looks like a fun card, so we will get to double or nothing in our predictions at the end of the show. But uh yeah, like you said, uh, Raw and SmackDown were busy bees. NXT has a title match on Tuesday night. So uh, a big week of wrestling. Absolutely. And honestly, there's just so much to catch up on. But very quickly, I wanted to throw this out there to you. We don't have to discuss it very long. AEW is now getting a second show as yes. well as they're switching over to TBS and people are making fun of the whole TNT title thing. I'm curious your quick thought on this happening. Obviously, it's good for wrestling in general, but I'm curious how you feel for the overall longevity of this entire thing. So the move to TBS, like the minute that Turner got the rights to NHL games, you knew this was coming because TNT is going to have a lot of basketball and hockey to put on the air. So TBS is just in the same packages. So I don't think it affects it that much. It's just a different channel. Uh, but yeah, the TNT title thing is funny. It'll be funny if the, uh, what they change that to. But in terms of the Friday night show, it's just like, sure, they have all these shows on YouTube anyways. We talk, like They have a ton of talent that's mostly on the sidelines or in those dark shows. So why not put them on a TV show? It's right after SmackDown. So people who like three straight hours of wrestling, well, you got your wish on Fridays now too. Um, I'll, pro- I'll DVR it. I'll probably check it out over the weekend if I have on weekends if I have time. But I, I don't think it's a bad thing. No, and I, I agree with you. I think the more the more content you can have, the better. Uh, people have been saying that they're trying to build so much content that they can get picked up by a streaming service, i.e., probably HBO Max or something in that category. Uh, we'll see if that takes flight. But uh, I'm I'm excited for it because. Uh, as much as I, we're not, I'm not saying I'm a WWE guy. I'm just a wrestling guy. I'm excited for everybody that gets a chance. I've seen, here's the thing for me. I've seen a lot of people that I know on AEW Dark. I've seen a lot of people succeed in that aspect of it. So for that aspect, I'm really excited to see more of people that I've had acquaintance to, um, or made acquaintance, excuse me, to, to uh, beyond wrestling. That's really cool to see that moment for them. So I'm excited to see more people get moved up. And of course, that means the people that I work with might have more opportunities. So it's kind of like, you know, all the boats rise with the tides kind of thing. So I'm excited for it. Um, I'm curious. This is the part the part that I got excited for because Dom and I are like hardcore old school wrestlers. They have four um, very specific kind of Clash of the Champions super cards happening on TNT, which if you watch back in WCW days, that was really cool. They actually might have had title changes or big storylines started or ended there and stuff like that. So... For me, I'm excited because I'm never going to pay for fun, you know, fight TV. I'm never going to pay for pay-per-views. I already have to deal with Peacock. That's enough for me. So these are the ways that I can look at it from that aspect. So anyway, we've talked about it. Let's get into the positive part of the pod. It is The Shine. Always in The Shine in Nestlemania. Quick notes off the top. They gave Mandy a promo because she's super hot fire. The fans are coming back, baby. And that's why they had to have Mandy do it. She's a stud. Also, Eva Marie, absolute stud. Fans can't wait to see her back. But Nestlemania, I'm going to start the show off on SmackDown this week because, simply put, I could watch Roman Reigns stand out there in a ring and just be, like, the greatest. Just be so fucking good at everything he does all day. Have Heyman riding his coattails with the freaking promos. It's just, like, the everything about them is just so good. And when they're on screen... And they can have these 10 to 15 minute talk segments, and I'm just glued to the TV. You're glued to the TV? Wow. I, I Glued so, to the TV by Roman Reigns. I didn't expect that, honestly, because a lot of the times I think people get fatigued by these long promos. So it's interesting to me that you actually like these promos. But the, the thing about Roman that separates him is he is by far the best thing in wrestling right now, and it has been consistently. Like, even like when stuff seems repetitive, it's like anytime he talks, 
Like, I'm listening. It's not one of those things like, you know, I used to criticize like the Seth Rollins a couple years ago when he went to the big heel run because it was the same thing every week and I zone out. I don't zone out with Roman Reigns because everything he says is so calculated. It makes sense. And he just, like, he represents, like, this power. It's something that we haven't seen, like, this dominant force that is just, there's no end in sight. And it just, I, I thought this week looking at it, because there were some good things on both shows, for sure. But just looking at it, it's like, Roman Reigns is is the consistency. He is, like, the top, he's everything. He's everything you want. He makes everyone around him better. The guy hasn't ever had a bad match since he returned. Like, he is just on an absolute run right now. It just... Everything he does, I'm interested in. You talk to, I think, people who are just, like, casually into wrestling. Like, our boy Cap, who's like, doesn't even watch Raw anymore. He's like, the only thing I really care about is Roman Reigns. I'm into Roman Reigns. I want all the Roman Reigns. And I agree. Like, Roman Reigns is the guy. He says he's the guy. He knows he's the guy. And everything he does represents that he is the guy. So you make an interesting argument for him being the best wrestler. So this came up on Twitter. I'm curious because for me, mm-hmm. I can see the logic. People are saying Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega, right? So we're saying these are the two best going today. I will say something that surprised the hell out of me, especially on my timeline, was seeing that JR said, I believe it's Roman Reigns. Didn't say he's Kenny right. Omega. So he's for right. him to make that, I mean, there's he's not getting any money in his pocket for saying it. This is what he mm-hmm. truly believes. Obviously, 50-year-old dad bod who falls off a cage. Chris Jericho said, hey, uh, Kenny's the best because he's the most protected champion that we have. Blah, 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 blah. Says Is he, though? So Roman they, Reigns might be... That's the so, thing. It's like, Roman Reigns is incredibly protected, too. Kenny Omega... So here's the difference for me. All those things I just listed about Roman Reigns, I can't say that fully about Kenny Omega. Then, Like, Kenny Omega in the ring, it's undisputable. He probably... You want to say he's the best in the ring, I'm not going to argue with you because every time I watch him, he's fucking amazing. And that's when I remember, like, oh, yeah, this guy's great. But everything else, a lot of the character work, like, it's been very inconsistent for me. There are some weeks where I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. But then most weeks, it's just like, it's not doing it. So that's the difference for me of what separates Roman Reigns. Like, in the ring, they're both incredible for different reasons. Because Kenny Omega is that more pure, like, you know, the guy that, like, everyone, like, would rep- like the supermarks would represent. Where Roman Reigns is just, like, in the ring, you can never dispute his work. But it's just, they're so different, but they're both so great in different ways. So... I don't think there's a wrong answer in this. I think it's a matter of opinion. But to me, like if you're making me pick one, it's absolutely Roman Reigns for me. That's a fair assessment for you. But for me, when I look at it this way, right, it's like Coke and Pepsi, right? They're both amazing. It depends on the flavor. Mm. T- well, no, I'm just saying, I'm saying like they're both, they're both in that upper echelon. Personal preference. Personal yeah. preference. Exactly. Like if you go to a restaurant and you order Coke and they say, is Pepsi okay? And you go, no, fuck no, it's not okay. Some but people do some people, that. some people, some people do that. I am one of those people. I am a Coke guy. I am not a Pepsi guy. I think it tastes different. I think it tastes like cat piss, but that's beside the point. Because you know why you don't like Pepsi? Because it's Pepsi for those who think young, and you're an old. <laughs> it was the choice of a new generation, and I am not a new generation. <laughs> so there you go. Coke has been in my family for years. Before, my, but I'm not even going to go down that road. Anyway, so look, Kenny Omega is amazing for different reasons that you discussed. For me, when I watch Kenny Omega, when it comes into the ring, I think he is better than Roman Reigns. However, when it comes to the character work, like you said, the nod goes to Roman. But I will say, overall, it's hard to judge because we've never seen them in the same kind of category. We have the belt collector versus kind of like the clout power, kind of like beating the Avengers over and over and over again kind of thing that he's doing with his golden fist. I'm, I'm just curious how we go forward with this because the longevity of Roman Reigns is so protected and so well done. The longevity of Kenny Omega makes me nervous because I feel as if, like you said, it's hot, it's hot and cold, hit or miss kind of things that are going on here. And I feel like if Kenny had that momentum, it'd be a completely different argument because Kenny is heads and tails better wrestling-wise, but character-wise, you kind of go, well, that's a giant flaw. Like, it's really that. It's not as entertaining, in my opinion. Um, and it might, it might just be that they don't know where they're going in a month. They feel like they know where they're going with Roman for like six years, it seems, you know? That's how I feel about it. I think the other thing is just Roman, it just, he has, like, Kenny Omega has his own type of it factor, but Roman Reigns has the it factor. The one that, like, you put, like you look at John Cena, you look at The Rock, you look Stone Cold, like, you look at these guys, like, there's just something different about them. No matter what they do, it is effortlessly good. Even if they fuck up, it doesn't matter because they're so good. Whereas, like, Omega is just, like, character-wise, like, that, like, next level isn't there. The end reign, like I said, is indisputable. I think both these guys, like, for different reasons, are the best wrestlers in the world. But I just, like, for me, and when you talk, talk about the belt collector, like, 
Roman Reigns doesn't need to collect belts. Roman Reigns is bigger than any belt in WWE, and it's not even close. Like, he's holding the joke of the championship, and it's he's made it the most prestigious thing. Like, you know, he doesn't even have the WWE title. He has the fucking universal fruit roll-up bullshit title that we've made fun of for years. That it's just like, it, it, so it, it's, it's, that's another thing for me. It's just like the aura of Roman Reigns is something we haven't seen in an incredibly long time. He does wear the Lunar Weight Championship. That's what it is. Uh, you can fight him on the moon with no gravity, Mr. Uwa. But no, look. I, the whole thing on SmackDown was great with the parade, the parade of Champions. I thought that was great with Roman Reigns like not showing up and be like, I am the belt. I am the championship. You know, having Paul go out there and do it. The later on, I, I ate up the whole Uso thing with like, hey man, I got a tag match next week. She's like, man, we got to clear that with Roman. And he's like, we don't have to clear that with Roman. Fuck you. You know, like, I just love the whole like, you've been gone. You don't know how things have changed. This is how it used to be kind of thing. Like, I think for me, Wrestling is so much more relatable when you can have those moments of something that has nothing to do with wrestling. And I think that's why the character stuff with Roman Reigns and the Usos is so good because you can take, you literally take the wrestling out of it. You know, like, cause most of the times if like, for instance, you and I, we were gone for a while from each other and we get back together and we're like, Oh, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And you're like, nah, man, it's different now. And I'd be like, what the fuck? And then we get mad. Cause that would be, <laughs> that would be life. That would be life. But we can't obviously get into a wrestling ring all the time and settle our differences. This is the added bonus of professional Maybe wrestling. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. We'd probably be a lot better uh, friends at that point, but I don't know. I mean, you probably break my neck. I don't know. You're, you're a shysty individual. I don't know how you, you're, you're very shifty. Uh, but no, but, but I, I'm just excited because I think that there's a lot going on here. And I think that there's a lot that uh, people should be interested in. And, and like, I tell people all the time when they ask me like, oh, I don't want to get into wrestling. I usually say, listen to the podcast. But, and then after that, I go, there's certain things you just got to watch. Like, there's certain yeah. things you got to watch. Like, for me, I'm going to transfer over to something. Because, hands down, match of the week, match of the century yep. almost. Yep. Riddle Ooh, versus, well, I'm just saying, Riddle versus Woods for me, folks. I've always been a, I've always been kind of an admirer of uh, Xavier Woods saying he's been over uh, overlooked, unappreciated, all that stuff. 100%. Needs to be king of the ring. Give him king of the ring. He wants it. He says future king of the ring in his uh, Twitter tag there. I'm so excited for him, but the monkey flip into the suplex, folks, that is incredibly hard to do. I'm very excited for him because this entire match, like, we know Riddle brings it. We know Riddle brings that physicality and does all these things left and right punches, slaps, shows you in from, like, a suplex into an arm bar, and you're like, how did he pull him into a pretzel? You have no fucking idea. And then Woods kept up with him, which we always know he can fly. We know he can go. But this was a different side of Xavier Woods, JC, and I'm curious your thoughts on this because... I was floored. I was overjoyed after what I thought was a nosedive of the first two hours, in my opinion, most of it. This was just like, I'm obviously overdoing it. I'm sure it's not the greatest match of all time, but no, I, it was this. I might this put this in. I might put this in match of the year category. It might be top ten. It's so as you were saying that I was kind of thinking because I like I realized something. I'm like, man, we come on this program every week, and obviously we talk about Riddle's character work, but I feel like. Every time he has a TV match, we talk about it being TV match of the year. Like, so we're talking, I'm going to make a bold statement here. We're talking about Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega being like the top two. Well, guess what? There's a tier underneath them. And right now, the run that he's on, Riddle might be the third best wrestler in the world. And I'm, I know that's obviously a little whatever because the different levels of the card and everything. But just in terms of the quality of his matches, like the ones with Sheamus, etc., like even like when he puts himself in tag match, Riddle is on a fucking run right now. He is on absolute fucking heater. He continues to be an MVP. And obviously, like you said, everything you said about Xavier Woods, whenever this guy gets an opportunity to actually go out there and wrestle, he's fucking amazing. Like we know he's great in the tag teams, whether it's with Biggie or Kofi, but when he gets a chance to shine as a singles guy, like he is incredible between those ropes. So watching these two, it was, it was a thing of beauty. It was my. I had Roman as the best segment of the week. I had, this is by far the best match of the week. It just once again, and then like obviously, you didn't even mention how the match ended. That's I know, out of nowhere. And then Andy Orton even on Twitter being like, "Yeah, yeah, it's cool, but uh, don't go stealing my shit, kid." <laughs> <laughs> I first off, we also kind of bared the lead. He took a nasty German suplex from the outside on his back of his head or top of his head. Hope he's okay, but he was a tough motherfucker. Like that, that shit doesn't that paralyzes other people. So. There, do not underplay that, folks. That hurts a lot. There is only wood and small, small padding that is uh, hoping to bring him home to his family. So that's a rough one. But anyway, like you said, RKO, and there it is. And um, slowly but surely, you can see the character moving on for Riddle to be like, okay, I have to be a little bit more slithery. I have to be a little bit more serpentine, you know, or whatever. You know, they have to do that whole thing. Serpentine? Serpentine. Serpentine Mattel. Uh, no, let's just... Uh, 
I'm just excited because there's so much uh, looking up for him. As much you know, we talked about you know we don't like the person in general. That's fine. It doesn't matter. But when you know game recognized game, you got to realize this guy's probably the best entertainer on Raw at this point. Like heads and shoulders above the rest. And Xavier Woods, like I think because Xavier Woods is always kind of in a tag team, you really forget. This guy could be United States champion. This guy could be King of the Ring or Intercontinental champion or whatever. Like, I, I, I think he, here's the other thing too is this was a match where I have seen things forever and ever and ever. This is a match I never, like, I have seen, I have never ever in my life seen some of the stuff they pulled out. And I went, that's great for me because that perks my interest right there. Like, I'm, I'm, I stand up and I go, I've never seen that. And that's hard to say in this day and age. So that's where we're going to head up to something else that I'm sure that you're very excited about. I was... Do it. Do it. No, I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to let you take it because I feel like you're already... Go ahead. Go ahead. So, you know, I've talked about the last couple of weeks about this feud and it's been a TV feud. And it's been well done. They've gotten entrances. They've been given time. Nestle, this week on Raw, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander had a video package. I know. Lengthy, and then they get both get entrances. And then Cedric had the mic for a very lengthy promo pre-match. Was it a little too long? Maybe. But, like, they're giving this time. And I'm just watching this, and I'm being like, man, this is your formula, Ra. I watch it every week. Like, see what you're doing with this feud and apply it to a lot of your other low-level feuds because, like, it's, it's hard not to be invested in this. There's obviously a story. It's two guys that, you know, are very rarely ever featured, you know? So just, like, giving them time. It's like going forward, no matter what comes out of this, like, like, these guys, like, people, they're more established now. People have more of an understanding. And you have the three-hour show. It's like, this is a good use of your time. Like, and Raw, where they use all, we're going to talk about some stuff later, where maybe it was a poor use of time. Like, stuff like this. It's like, man, but just, like, this is one of the first video packages I didn't fast-forward to in a long time because I was like, whoa, this is something new. It was fresh. It was unexpected. It wasn't the usual where it's, like, the same repetitive stuff with the main event. It's like, it, they gave it treatment. And, like, good treatment. And it felt good. The match was, again, another solid one. This time Cedric picks it up. So we're probably going to get the payoff. But I love that a lot of this is happening on TV. Because you brought up something earlier um, with being excited about the TV specials. Like, that's something that AEW does better and NXT do better week to week. Is that they give you a reason to watch their shows every week. Because, hey, tomorrow tonight there's an NXT title match on NXT. Or AEW. Like, stuff happens on TV. Ron SmackDown, SmackDown does a little better job because I think they have the Fox thing, but stuff normally doesn't happen. But having stuff like this be consequential on Raw is exciting. I, I could not believe that there was a video package. I was absolutely shocked for me. And then, of course, so here's the thing. I don't mind that Cedric got the promo. I'm very happy he did. And I said on Twitter, someone needs to tell him that he's yelling all the time. Like, oh, he, I love it. I love but it. He's like, but he's just like, it's just like, it's like, he's like on the verge of cracking his voice. He's like, look at me. Look at He must have said, look at me like six times. And I'm just like, we get it. You're upset. But if it's really like, here's, here's the other logic. Like you could, you could play it off and say like, oh, it's part of his character and you can find a way for it to work. But I was sitting there going like, for someone that says that he's not sweating Shelton Benjamin, he seems like by yelling, he's sweating Shelton Benjamin, which is fine. And then he wins by by cheating and that's great. And we go on. But here's what I would prefer in, into your formula that you did discuss, JC. This is a match that I don't believe should ever be on a pay-per-view. This this entire feud should, in, a, in theory, it might be a D or F storyline right now. But if you treat it a certain way in like three months... I could see this main eventing Raw because what we saw on Raw and main events anyway, they just don't care anyway. So let's let's try it. Let's try that experiment of like let's let's kind of like conveyor belt these storylines. Like once A is done, it falls off the conveyor belt. B is now the A, and so on and so on. And then eventually, maybe someday, Shelton gets a main event. You know, like that. I'm okay with that. Like, Hashtag JC helps come true. Lastly, Benjamin for the WWE Championship. There you go. There you go. I I was I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked about. Most of that, actually. Most of it really was bizarre. I don't have a lot more. Yeah, I, um... I'm curious your thoughts on this, and you can transition out of it if you want, but I at least like that this was a thing happening on SmackDown, like I just referenced. The IC title, Fatal 4-Way. Obviously, Apollo retained, um... And then what was, became a mess at the end, because obviously, uh, Sir Aleister Black uh, returned to the ring, and, uh... Aim just cites that Big E to take him out, which obviously led to Apollo retaining. And uh, 
your boy Davo uh, got involved a little bit. Uh, so I'm curious your takes on that. Um, I think it was mostly positive. I'm sure there's things that you have to nitpick, but I just, again, it's something that was consequential on TV. Did I expect Apollo to retain? Absolutely, but I didn't expect them to do it the way they did. I think that's what they're going for was that, you know, we can talk more about Alistair Black later, but there's there's something in that match that obviously KO and, and Sammy always in that equation of uh, Fatal 4 Ways always make a lot of sense. I was happy that it was the main event. They made it, they treated it like a main event, which is great. I The thing that I really didn't understand was like, and people were giving me shit, I think Ray or, or Guthrie or somebody gave me shit about it, but in the thread, Aziz just stood there. Like until the very end, and they were like, "Oh, he was following orders," and it's like, "Dude, it's that's a- what I said to you on Twitter." Yeah, that's what he it was. Literally, you. he's the commander, but he listens to his boss. Sure. And maybe his boss says, "Commander Aziz, you do not get involved until I need you. I want to look strong and handle it myself." No, it makes no goddamn sense. That was what. So, get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. This is where I just go. No, absolutely not. I. The Fatal 4-Way was great. It had high, you know, high energy and all this other stuff that was going on. But towards the end of it, like you said, it was an absolute kind of like whoop, 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 whoop. And it just, it felt like a Three Stooges at the end. And of course, we, we you know, we, that didn't really matter until the, the other thing that kind of happened. So that's fine. But uh, I just can't for the life of me understand why they do this kind of stuff. I mean, it's just... I was excited for it. I'm glad Apollo continues, but it just seems like nobody cares about Apollo. It's on to this other thing that we're doing, and it's just... I mean, maybe it'll be fodder for him going forward. Maybe he's on to something else, and that's great. Well, but... I think that's what it does is it transitions him a little bit to get away from Big E, because it's been him and Big E since before WrestleMania. So I, I think that's a good thing. Okay. Well, I just... I, I thought they could have done it differently, but again, not the worst thing in the world, but we might as well, because it was transitional humor. We're going to go to it. Where do we begin in the heat? I mean, there's too much. I mean, there's really... There was a six-woman tag on SmackDown, thoughts? Oh, my God. This hurt my head. I just, for the life of me, couldn't understand. Like, so we do this parade, which is fine and great and whatever, but the parade happened because Bianca got yelled at by Bailey, and then, like, so it was just kind of all over the goddamn place, and then, like, the babies had to help save with Nia. Like, the whole thing didn't make any goddamn sense. And the heels win, so it was great. Like, okay, great. They pinned her, and now they're done, and now they get a tag team championship on Raw, whatever. Great, whatever. But it's just like, six people in general cannot make a match interesting to me. I don't care how many people. It's amazing to me that tag team wrestling can be amazing. can be probably the best thing on the card. You add two more people into a six-man, not interested. Not all. Not, not, Not a little bit. Not even an ounce, JC, am I excited for that kind of stuff. At all. And if AW or Lucha Libre rules happen and whatever, and they get a six-man belt or a six-woman belt uh, in AW, I will fast-forward that so But quickly. here's the difference with that. Because the reason, I think, part of the reason why I dislike six-man tags so much is they're so inconsequential. They're literally, I know they're filler. Whereas, like, I guess if they have championships for it, then, like, there's some consequence. It can still be a mess, but at least, like, they're fighting for something as opposed to being, like, Hey, we need to main event something and waste the last 20 minutes of the show and get all our stars on the show. So we'll just throw them all in a tag match. Whereas, like, you know, at least for a belt, be like, I'm fighting for championship. And honestly, I should probably listen to more people that do uh, Ring of Honor because they have six person tag champs. And I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so blatantly against it that I, I, I'm filled with rage that I can't bring myself to enjoy it. So that's, that's me calling myself on the carpet. But maybe they can change my mind. And I'm hoping they can because. There's a lot of opportunity there, I guess. But for me, I'm just like, ugh. Like, it is a fast forward. It, it, no matter what, who's on the card. Hey, you know matter. what? They're adding another show. Maybe that'll mostly be on the Friday show. So. Maybe. There you go. Maybe. But yes, that didn't that didn't excite me one bit at all. Um, there's not a lot that's very exciting that I can really talk about. We got a very big uh, jobber alert for your boy, uh, you know, Robert Bubble Rude. And he lost to your boy, Dom. So that happened. The more egregious... Jobber alert. Oh, my God. The phenomenal jobber alert. AJ Styles oh. losing to Riker, which I almost vomited in my bed last night watching so, this. So, WrestleMania, I believe about a month ago, Elias beat AJ Styles in the jobber alert, too. Maybe. Might have been like, longer than 30 minutes. It, it was randomly mixed in, and it was just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, I'd rather have Braun and Nicholas challenge AJ and almost at this point than fucking Elias and his fucking uh, racist sidekick. Well, 
Words can't describe how the internet felt about it. So, I mean, you can go check Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. It just, people are very upset about it because it's phenomenal AJ Styles. It was three minutes or less, or your pizza's free. So, it was a job alert, unfortunately. But I just. Hashtag waste of my time. I just. Give me the Lucha House Party. Really? Wow. Anybody instead. Because here's the thing, like, I want New Day and uh, uh, RK Bro to play itself out as a feud. They're obviously the top two tag teams. The Viking Raiders have just fallen off the face of the earth after beating Shelton and uh, Cedric two weeks in a row. They literally, I think they were like, they were lumberjacks. That was it. So I don't know what's going on there if someone got hurt or whatever. But then it's looking, it's like, okay, so AJ and Omos, they, they're getting given tomato cans. Give them the Lucha House food. But at least they can wrestle. I mean, the, this is why we talk about the tag titles should just be kind of like one set. Well, the problem is, is like they made the decision on AJ and Omos. And then they literally caught lightning in a bottle with RK Bro, and that's where they want to go. But they don't. But they're trying to like they're listening to us by not doing too much too soon. But they don't really have a backup plan for AJ and Omos along the way. So it's just it's like and obviously like the the COVID issues after WrestleMania for one of them is like it just this whole thing has been a mess. And like their decision to be like yeah we'll just drag this out because this will probably be on a pay per view and uh, we'll let Jackson Riker squash AJ Styles because. Somebody, somebody find out to me an Impact Wrestling if that ever happened, if that matchup happened, and I bet you AJ Styles whooped his ass in like two minutes, probably. Like that oh, just yeah, I forgot that that big dumb idiot was there. Oh, he's a big dumb idiot, all right. Yeah, for any reason. No, I don't, I don't particularly like him. So something else that made me very, very, very upset, and I know you're probably thinking I'm overreacting, and that's up to you, but you're wrong. And it's gonna be that Bobby Lashley comes out with all these women. They celebrate like it's no big fucking deal what happened last week. Then Kofi Kingston comes out. I'm sorry. Mac comes out, interrupted, wants another match. Not going to happen. Kofi Kingston comes out and says, I-, I didn't need your help. I didn't ask for help. Blah, 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 blah. Now, whatever. We get into this match with Kofi and Mac, which, again, I'm okay with. It's fine. It had stakes. And I was like, this yeah. is great. Yes. Raw, number one contender match. We're going to have a definitive winner. Like, blah. And then after, like, 30 or 40 minutes, which I will say the match was good. It was really good. But it's just this is what pisses me off. For once, I know you feel the same way with how you set this up. Can we have a clean win one time? And we're probably going to get it next week, but it's just like, at that point, it's not going to feel as good. It's just like, one time. One time can we have a definitive winner? It's like, why do we have to make everyone look at it? Okay, like, the internet is going to be upset if you have McIntyre come out and beat Kofi Clayton after what you did last week. Sure. But if that's where we're headed, get it out of the way, and at least you've, like, Little, little bit of a candle here that Kofi can work his way up. Or hell, if Kofi upsets McIntyre and gets a clean win, then you have an exciting fucking match in hell in a cell. But this is just like, you take all the momentum of that excitement and you like snuff the candle. And it's like, oh my God, are we going to get a second straight triple threat? No, they're just going to rebook the same match for next week, which I'm sure it's going to be another really good wrestling match, but I'm not going to care as much in WrestleMania. I'm not wearing the shirt. But uh, at uh, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker, I believe it says Monday night rerun. It's true. It's very true. But so here's, here's my logic, right? So we go to DQ finish. We go Dairy Queen, soft serve. That's what it is, right? That's exactly what I ended up 40 minutes into this entire fucking thing. I just, I couldn't for the life of me understand why a DQ, everybody's like, oh, it's a DQ. It'll just go to next week. Like, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you're going to tell me that you're going to be okay with you're watching a television show that you really enjoy, and the next episode is essentially the same thing with little ding, movement. Ding, ding. You can't do that for regular television. Why is it okay for this? Like, it's just not okay to get... And I'm not saying everything needs to be a finish. Like, I'm not saying that. DQs are fine. Well, that, 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 that's exactly the point, is that everything is like this. Can we get a clean, definitive winner one time? Because then when you go back to this bullshit next time, it won't feel as fucking repetitive. And I agree. I... I'm just so, like, so Bobby trounces out like he doesn't fucking care. He has the women backstage, you know, after, like, oh, I'll take care of you when you come back, baby, and all this shit. And I'm like, okay, good for you, whatever. Comes into Pierce's office. Pierce put on his big boy pants without Sonya and said, if you come back next week, you're going to be suspended for 90 days. And in your bracket, that's a lot of money. And then, of course. Why does Adam Pierce have such a deep voice? I don't know. I just, I, I can't do an Adam Pierce. I can't do it out of Pierce. It's he more, just he, talks like a regular guy. He has more like He's a relatable. gravelly. He has more of a gravelly voice. He's probably like, blah, 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 blah. scrap daddy, Jeez. scrap daddy. But anyway, so <laughs> I want some scrap daddy. No, like I just, 
I'm just not happy with it. I, I think this entire thing, like, so here's the other thing too, like logically, logically, you go to this, like we know Hell in a Cell is fucking happening. And this is one of our bigger problems, JC. And we talk about this all the time is like these theme pay-per-views are kind of like thrown at you a month or two in advance, but there's no reason to put Bobby and Kofi in a cage, right? Like th there's no package there, but there is a, a stupid fucking reason to put Mac and Bobby in a fucking cage. So I'd bet my life that Bobby and Mac are going to happen because they keep talking about people interfering and shit. And how do you get people out of it by putting a fucking cage? Like you can try your own fucking conclusions to it. I don't want that. I don't want to be you able to draw a conclusion. You know what they're going to do next week? next week? Who wasn't on TV this week on Raw? Randy Orton. Who's going to return next week out of nowhere and RKO Kofi to set up their match at Hell in a Cell and then Drew will win. So there you go. I just booked it. That's what's going to happen. There you happen. go. Just hashtag JC knows. Yep. I thought you were going to go a completely different route and say the fucking... Uh, no, I just, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, like, we're getting RK, uh, RK Bro and New Day, which I need. Yes, give me that. So it's like, how do you delay the Kofi, not have him lose clean, and have fucking our Bobby Drew part 15 inside Hell in a Cell? There it is. Boom. Book. They didn't do a really good job because, like, Kofi came out and basically spoke about the internet being like, I never got my shot. You've got like 15 fucking shots, guy. We're all tired of it. And hey, I was just Ron, like, we're fucking tired no, of it. No, I know. Room. But the fact that he said it, I was like, that's not going to make him a baby face, Kofi. Cut it out. Cut it out. But Kofi speaks the truth. The truth will set him free, why folks. Why we love him, baby? That's why we'll always love Kofi Kingston, man. He will SOS all over your heart. Anyway, there's so many more things that bother me, but I'm curious if there's anything that bothered you. Yeah, the Raw main event. Um, uh, so I will say, here's the one positive: is I literally came in this program last week and said, "Can we get like more meaningful things and rotate week to week?" They did that. I was very, very happy to see this. I was like, "This is good. This is how you make those NXT or the Jesus, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship feel special." They main event, like it's a title match. This should be the main event, just on SmackDown. The IC title main event. This is good. Positive. Hundred percent thrilled. After that point. I didn't like any of it because I don't care about this match. And then your boy Reginald's all over it. Of course, he costs Baszler. And he goes, she sends him up the ramp. He fucking gets lit on fire by fucking Lily Alexa fucking nonsense, clearly, because that's going to happen. And it's just so obviously Shayna takes the L. And then Nia's nowhere to be seen in this, by the way. You see her in the background with Shayna uh, accosting Reginald and challenges into a match next week, which, by the way, Sign me up. I'm, I'm all for all these intergender matches with Reginald because it's fun. And, like, the thing with Shayna is it's a different type of style than we saw with, like, the Sasha. You're going to see more, like, her get to be physical with him and him trying to elude her. I think that's going to be – and that's going to be actually pretty fun to see. But it's just, like, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I think you're with – no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, I think you're with the rest of us. I just – I'm watching it thinking to myself – so Lily, I don't know if you watch this, but when they cut back to Reginald watching before he came out, Lily was in the back, like looking at him, like kind of in the the back. They kind of hide the doll, which I get, obviously, because that's where we're headed. But you know, the other thing too is like they they went out of their way to talk about Tamina, and then Tamina got like tossed over the barricade, and then it's just like Natty's gonna beat everybody, yeah, you know, like that's what she is, and she's great at it. Natty must pose. Yeah, seriously, right? Like, I just, I was so shocked um, because the pyro on the stage was, like, a big deal, and that's great. They did a better job this time cutting to it. Uh, but you know next week with Shayna and Reggie, there's going to be some random-ass chicanery, too, with Lily or something. Like, if Reggie doesn't beat up women. He gets beat up by the women, I guess. He doesn't, you know what I mean? So it's just, I'll be entertained. I will, Absolutely. But then I'll be like, okay, what else you got? Because uh, I'd rather something else. And hopefully Shayna Baszler and Nia finally have a feud. That'd be great. I just don't know where you put the women's tag straps anywhere else. Like, is there anybody that cares? Is there anybody that matters? You tell me. The sexy muscle friends, baby. Listen. The riot squad. Like, there's plenty of deserving tag teams. Listen. Just because they read off a teleprompter and you hey, know, you know, the, the, did their was, little jiggle. WrestleMania, they could have picked anyone. Anyone to cut a promo about the fans being back and they pick Mandy Rose because she is number one in our hearts, baby. I, I'm, I'm glad you said Amazing. that. I'm glad you said that because number one in our hearts, Braun Strowman was reading off a teleprompter and was just like, I'm Braun. I'm excited <laughs> to see fans and I'm ready. Braun and anybody... Mandy, I don't need anything else. And it... I would turn in the crowd. But I it want was... Braun, I want Mandy, I want Eva, I want Roman. 
there's your top four in the best. It was. I'm telling you right now, it was the worst thing he's ever done. And I was sitting there going, what a character assassination. It was awful. He's been flipping ambulances. He was going to beat the people to become WWE champion not two weeks ago. And here he is with a fucking shit-eating grin going, I'm excited to beat people in front of people. It's just like, what? What are you doing? Get it out of here. And then, of course, we have Johnny Drip Drip and fucking Priest doing nothing and reading teleprompters being like, I'm excited too, guys. Come watch me do things. And it's like, I, I know it harkens back to the fucking local promos and like, we'll be there next week, yada, yada, yada. That's fine. But man, they overproduced the shit out of those. Like, I, those, those people that were on the camera, I'm sure they could have done five times better without any, just give them bullet points. It would have felt far less plastic, far less produced. It was awful. Every time I saw it with the article, I go, who's the pe- who's going to be the poor fucking soul that does the next one? And it kept getting progressively better, I guess. But it started out terrible with, I'm going to get these hands. And it was just like, well, Marge, put everybody in the fucking van. We're going to the Civic hands. Center to watch this guy wash people with his hands. You know, it's like, whatever. I don't know. I, I that was That was a rough one for me to swallow. I just, I couldn't. It was a bitter pill to swallow. I couldn't watch those things. It's just, it aggravated the fuck out of me, as you can probably tell. Something else that aggravated the fuck out of me, Asuka versus Charlotte, 458, and nothing really fucking mattered. On top of that, we had the Rhea doing the two-minute thing with Nikki. That was a whole fucking should-do, too, which I don't fucking get. Well, I was thrown off by that, because whenever, usually when you do beat-the-clock challenges, like, like Charlotte would have had to do one, too, but no, she had, like, a regular match, and only Rhea had to just, like, I was just like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. But whatever. They, they booked that match. It's Rhea versus Charlotte at Hell in a Cell. Uh, so it's happening. It's happening fast. Um, so it's either Rhea's going to get a big win and her come up and see against Charlotte, or Charlotte's uh, becoming a however many time champion she is now, getting closer to daddy. You know, next week is going to be Charlotte taking on the two minute challenge. That's what's going to be with Probably. Nikki. And it yep, just, that's it, how they book it around. Absolutely makes no goddamn sense at all. And of course, Asuka's going to be wrestling fucking Rhea for no fucking reason. And it's just like, it's just like the shell, shell game. It's fucking shell games. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's just like, nobody can fight on anybody. Nobody can get an upper hand on anybody. They all just diss each other and yada, yada, yada. And don't pay attention over to here, this win or that loss. It doesn't really matter. What really matters is three weeks from now at Hell in a Cell when they get in there and they beat each other up and eventually nobody cares. It'll be a great fucking match as we talked about. They already have our fucking money. But yeah, God. Charlotte and Rhea, like those two, their chemistry is out of control good. But I'm just I I'm I'm sick to my stomach watching this shit. Like again, no television show would have the same fucking thing over and over again. You you wouldn't accept that. The ratings would be zero. Zero. Not even what they are. I don't disagree. I so don't disagree. It just it's just aggravating, JC. I'm aggravated. Aggravated. You don't say. I got to I got to stick in my craw. That's all. That's it. That's it. I think we've I, we've exhausted almost all of our options I think on this show so far. <laughs> You are my only hope. Would you like me to go first? Of course you would, because you weren't prepared. Um, I hope this week is... you. I have a hope. I have it in my notes. I'm prepared. Forgot it, so... My children... My my wonderful wife took my children to the playground so I could do this podcast. I'm ready to fucking go. You, on the other hand, have no responsibilities, and you don't have a hope. Shame. Anyway, my hope this week... Now you do because I shamed you. My hope this week is very specific. I don't want to necessarily say that Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, even though I said previously in another hope, that's going to be in a Hell in a Cell. Eh, I'm okay with not that not being in a cell. What I'd really like, and I think the only feud on SmackDown that deserves Hell in a Cell from SmackDown, is Seth Rollins and Cesaro. I think having Seth Rollins and Cesaro, having that blood feud, having him beat the shit out of him on SmackDown, wheeled it out and said, you did this to me. And I love every time he loses, he freaks the fuck out and just murders somebody. I'm all for that kind of stuff. Seth Rollins unhinged, I'm there. And then having Cesaro win a big match again in a Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cells are a big deal. At least they were. They seem can't be if the referee and the, you know, gaga around it don't get involved as much, as well as maybe the commentators actually call the fucking match and the importance, it'd be a big deal. Having Cesaro spin him in the cage or on top of the fucking cage or do something nuts with Seth Rollins, I'm all for it. I think that's where it needs to go. So I think that that would kind of bring up the fact that Seth is kind of 1A on SmackDown, as we already kind of know. And he's kind of got a trajectory, we think, to a certain Mr. Uh, Ua at some point. So I think Cesaro might spin him into babyface Phil which is kind of where we're kind of headed. But uh, I hope not because those suits are fucking fire. But um, 
I think very, very clearly that having Cesaro win a Hell in a Cell is another another big moment for him, another achievement, an unlocking of an achievement, kind of video game-wise. So I'm hoping that that puts him back into that Money in the Bank conversation next month, like you you know, maybe depicted that he probably will win. So I think that's a good way to get him kind of where he needs to be. And that's my hope. I'm not going to do the hashtags because you do it better than me anyway. So there it is. <laughs> well, you ready for this? Uh, I, I came up with about 10 hopes uh, while you were talking. I don't really like any of them. So here's what we're going to do. Double or nothing's on Sunday, WrestleMania. Oh, no. And you know what? Fuck the belt collector. My hope, Orange Cassidy wins the AEW World Championship. Because you know what? Every now and then in wrestling, you need to do something that literally no one expects. And 100%, like, you ask 100 out of 100 people, 150 million of those 100 people will say Kenny Omega is retaining his title. But you know what? Fuck it. Orange Cassidy, strike the lightning, baby. Even if he loses it on Wednesday the next day, give him the title. Because you know what? In three days, Orange Cassidy will have a more memorable, more exciting title reign than Kenny Omega has had with that title that he doesn't even fucking carry or care about. It's fucking Nakazawa's title. You might as well make Nakazawa the champion. So you know what? Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC hopes come true. Orange Cassidy, new AEW champion. Fuck you. Let's go. But do you have the balls, JC, to put that in your predictions? I'm not an idiot. It's a hope. <laughs> it's a hope, not a decision. <laughs> hope is not a plan. Hope yes. is what we just do. Yes. Uh, you're awful. You're a terrible human being. Anyway, that's uh, fine. Great. All right. Don't call it a comeback. He has been there for probably a cup of coffee and a couple Old Spice commercials. I'm excited and humped. I'm humped. I'm pumped and jacked. Excuse me. <laughs> for Rick Boogs. I could not. I I laughed so fucking hard. I thought that was fucking hysterical. I, I did not know he could play the riff because that's not an easy riff to play. And he went out and he was like, I'm Rick Boogs. B-O-O-G-S. And I'm here for Shinsuke Nakamura. Like he did the whole fucking like high pitch metal thing. I'm in. If this is the way you accompany fucking Shinsuke every week with the king crown and the whole fucking thing and watching Corbin be dumbfounded by the whole thing. I This was A plus effort the whole fucking way through. I mean, I know I'm talking about somebody that's never been on WWE programming except for commercials. NXT. Well, I know, but he was the guy that in NXT that made Kayla dance and do the whole thing. Yeah. But I mean, like, this is the most MVP memorable thing. Candidate. Yeah, I know. You know. Yeah. Well, Kayla, Kayla, Kayla. But anyway, there's so much more that I'm sitting on going like it just like it just makes everything work better. Like Shinsuke doesn't have to talk. He can wail. They can all wail together. He can talk for Shinsuke for a second if he had to. They could end up being a tag team if they need to. Like this gives Shinsuke a little bit more panache, like potpourri, as you say, just everywhere it is, just a little bit more flavor and smell and i i was i was howling i was howling at it and the fact that he helped him win by you know doing the fucking thing on the top of the table and watching pat mcafee like try to like beat up cole as the entrance was going on this was bar none like if i'm you know roman reigns is there this is the next segment for me where i was just like i was completely entertained let's see where this goes and I, I if, if he becomes king of the ring i'm cool with it so that's that's my comeback this week i'm super fucking excited for something that I never should be excited for. No, I'm with you 100%. Everything you said, I agree with in terms of Nakamura and Boogs. And I will say, no one reacts better to silly babyface things than Baron Corbin. So, shout out my boy. This was, this was a great segment. I was thrilled about it. My comeback, though, Nestlemania, comes from a guy that was once cursed by you. He has been one of the biggest Nestle guys of all time. Alistair Black. Came back in a big way. We've obviously seen the promos and the vignettes. They've been interesting. We wonder what he's doing. Big E's obviously one of the bigger baby faces right now. Alistair Black has him in his crosshairs. I'm looking at this as a very exciting non-title feud for the next however long they do it. I think these two could be very good in the ring together because I think they're both very physical guys. So I think we could see some very physical matches. Um, but, like, man, Alistair Black, like, there's parts of him that definitely bore me. But one thing that doesn't is he has one of the most, like, jaw-dropping finishes in the game. And it's just, like, every time you see it, you watch it over and over again. Because that spinning kick is just so fucking impressive, the Black Mass. So, Alistair Black, probably for the first time ever, is going to get my comeback. Because I'm pretty excited for it. I think this is a good spot to bring him back. And I'm excited to see what he does in his 
probably like 15 push on the main roster. Maybe this one will finally take. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my feelings aside. I did want to say something very quick that I wanted to say is like we've you talked about these promos being amazing and all these other things going on. Like at least there's some intrigued or mystique or whatever you want to say about Alistair Black for a long time. But the one thing that I really wanted to harp on was that this wasn't really talked about on Twitter very much. Um, but we we harp on continuity. If you looked at it, fucking Alistair Black's eye from when Buddy Murphy shoved him down and tried to take his eye, he's got a contact in that eye. Which I thought was nice, and why he wears the shades and shit like that's good continuity going forward. So we know that at some point, I'm sure Seth Rollins will work his way back into that entire thing. But on the Big E front, this is something that a lot of people don't. I'm excited for they don't really talk about. But we have Big E and we have Alistair Black. We've got the power of positivity versus darkness, and I think when you mesh those two together, I think there's eons of entertainment that you could have here, and I think that. The promos will be the ones that send us over the hill for this. I think that it may end up on SmackDown. It may end up on a pay-per-view. I don't know. But these are where, like, you know, you can have a couple of regular matches, a couple of stips. You'll be all right. And I think this is how you get Big E to the next level. Because this is going to—and I think this is going to be a trademark for both guys, but I think this is going to make Big E that big. Like, I no pun intended. It's going to make him a bigger star. And Aleister Black is going to— I think he might have one of those gimmicks where if he loses, he loses. It doesn't really matter. So not bulletproof by any stretch, but I'm excited for Aleister Black. And I think Big E is going to really benefit from working with somebody as talented as him. Yeah, no, I think it's it's going to be good shit, as uh, we say in the biz. Thank you, Ben. Uh, we head to the big old finish in WrestleMania on SmackDown. This week, we have a dream match between two of the greatest tag teams and the Usos and the Street Profits were getting it for free. It obviously has the Roman storyline built in, but I can't tell you how excited I am for this match because I've been dreaming of these two teams meeting since the Street Profits got called up. Do you think it's really going to fucking happen? I I think it might to a degree because it'll be one of those things where they give us like a tease, but I don't know. There's a lot that could go here. If, they, if Roman Reigns took this away from me, it would be so fucking genius because it would get him so much heat because he would take away something that I've been looking forward to for like four years. I feel like there's going to be a thing where he like goes to hot tag Jimmy or Jay or whatever. Excuse me. He's going to hot tag Jay. And then Roman's just going to be like, no head shake. No. And then he jumps down from the apron and they walk away and you're going to be like, ah, 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 you know, and then street profits do the blue ball city, baby. Yeah. Well, the blue brand is blue balls. So, you know, we don't have a sponsorship with fucking, uh, what do you call it? The, Soup with blue chew, but uh, you know, is what it is. Uh, NXT this week, um, we have Karrion Cross defending the NXT title against the former champion Finn Balor. Uh, they had a banner the first time WrestleMania. Cross is obviously going to win, but I would expect this to be a very good main event. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't watch NXT last week, go back and try to find it on YouTube. They had a great UFC style package that they were watching mm. on the great. I thought that was the best production value I've seen in in months. That was a WrestleMania quality, WrestleMania kind of feel. And I think that's what they were going for here. So Triple H knows exactly what he wants. The interviews and the analysis, all that other stuff, that that was well done. And I was, I actually texted my buddy, uh, you know, Derek Simonetti, Todd Graham, who's been on the program a couple of times. And I said, we need to do fucking this shit. Like, this is the cool stuff, you know, playing a projection screen on a fucking metal grate and all that stuff. It just looked cool and gritty. Um, and again, when you watch NXT, you just get that different feel of uh, things matter and things are different. Speaking of different WrestleMania, and I know you're pumped to jack this. I am too, but the million-dollar standoff between Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in this segment, but these little fun like little things sprinkled in throughout NXT the last like month or so have been a lot of fun, and man, we should be in a good one on Tuesday night. I have heard a little birdie tell me that Cameron Grimes may get the million dollar belt which if that happens that'll yeah be... your boy fucking uh dave said that did he so. really i don't know yeah. when it when it goes through the fucking wood chipper of the internet you never know who where says do you it. think all the other virgins get their information they get it from your boy dave he's and not my boy it could be not he's not my boy nor my uncle he's not related to me in any form or fashion you dick i know nobody likes this guy all right that's it let's move on from it all right so that's nxt raw there's matches like we said we already talked about them so who cares we're going to lay your chips on the table, baby, because it is time for some double or nothing. There are nine matches booked at to this point. If there are more added, you can go to jobberknocker.com and check out the entire 
staff prediction. But for now, Nestlemania and I will give you our picks for the nine matches booked for this Sunday. Nestlemania? Yes, sir. First up, we're going to start with a tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Young Cucks of Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson with Don Callis will defend against a team that I've had a lot of fun watching. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Nestlemania, do we have new champs or am I going to continue to be bored? In the words of Flipper, ah, ah, ah. Flipper, you never watch fucking Flipper? I know the reference, but that was just so random. I know. I'm just trying to be random today. Uh, probably because I haven't had anything oh to eat. See, with you, it's coffee. For me, it's just never give me any food or drink and I'll be crazy. Anyway, I say the young cucks and their door, Dior, excuse me, is that how you pronounce it? Dior? Jordans? Is that what it is? I don't know. Think about it this way. If Mox has got a kid, he's going away for a little bit. He's not going to give him fucking tag titles. So... Young Cucks. I know. I, I kind of want them to win because I think them with even a short run as tag champs could be a lot of fun. Man, the, the, these two, like, if they had a reality show where it's just Moxley and Eddie Kingston, like, just doing stuff, I'd watch it. Like, I, I, these guys are just fucking entertaining. They're so good. So here's the issue with me, and I, I, I feel bad saying this because Eddie Kingston and Mox, like, talking is great, but Eddie Kingston in the ring is, like, one. Oh, 100%. Just, he is, he is just out of shape. Like, and I feel so yeah. bad saying it because he's so fucking entertaining. But it's just like his wrestling. Once he gets into the ring, I don't care. Like Moxley, I care. I, I care about what he does. But the minute that, that Eddie goes in there, I go, well, here comes Sandbag. You know, like that's what he's doing. He's sandbagging his fucking partner. And that's it. The end of it. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I got the cocks too. That's Next up, we have another tag team match because it's AEW. And uh, Sting, for the first time in a real match, teams up with Darby Allen, who he's completely dumped cold water on since he's come back. <laughs> Take on the team of... Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, who I like, I I enjoy these guys because they're cocky assholes. I'm, I like the cocky assholes. Um, but I mean, do I see Stain losing? No. So I gotta pick the fucking the boring team that should be cool. The boring team that should be cool. Yeah. Uh, see, this is where my heart hurts because, in my opinion, I think the heels should win here. Like you can you can see that Sting could get like tethered to the wall or Velcro to the wall so he doesn't take the pin and he's safe, and then. Darby just gets beat up by the other two dumbasses. So it's like, okay, like you could see that happening. So you know what? Just because I got to be different, I'm going to fucking go Ethan Page, no relation to Hangman Page or Diamond Dallas Page or Brian Cage or Christian Cage, whatever the fuck his name is, and Scorpio. Yeah, but the big theme in this match in WrestleMania is age. Um, but we're going to move on from that to the Stadium Stampede match because I'm just going in order here. If the inner circle loses, they must disband as a team forever. So it is the pinnacle of MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, and Jack Harwood, with Tully Blanchard taking on the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. They obviously had a super, like, violent match, uh, like, about a month ago. And uh, the stadium stampede last year was a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to see they do the spin on it. But WrestleMania, is this the last match ever for the inner circle? Or are you, like me, picking the inner circle to win? Duh. Nope. It is the inner circle winning. I know, I'm sad. The Pinnacle should win and fucking put these guys out the pasture, but I don't think it's going to happen. Next. That, that it? No, no other thoughts? Okay. No, I, 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 I mean, I mean, I should be entertained by it because they're, not, they're like, oh, no comedy match. It's like, seriously? That's what it fucking is. Stop being not what it is. Sorry. So this, this next match is probably the match I'm looking forward to the second most on the card. Um, and that is a singles match for the AWTNT, the Dynamite Championship, where Miro, the greatest champion of all time, Defends against Lance Archer. Um, this should be a physical belt. I'm picking Miro, obviously, but I think this is a fun matchup. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. I'm sure Lance Archer is a really good guy, but his character is so. You he... don't like Murder Hawk monsters? He's so beatable. Like he he he's a monster who's been beaten like 600 times. How do I care about that? Honest to God, Braun Strowman without lifting trucks. Honest to God, and, cool. and Jake Roberts is out there not, he just does a lot of this, does a lot of this with his face, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, what the fuck are we watching? Like, I'm honest so to God. Scared. Every time Jake Roberts talks, I honestly legitimately think he's having a stroke, it's I, it's scary. Miro wins, Booyaka, bra break his back, I don't give a shit, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I couldn't care less about this match, that's why I'm so, um, you're a Miro honk anyway, so... It is what Dude, it is. Miro's the go. I love. I from day one, man. I have been in love with that man, and I just continue to get better. Next up is a match that 
It was really good the first time. We're getting a rematch, and uh, it is Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage with Taz. I expect this to possibly be a show stealer on this card, um, but I think this time Hangman does get over him because I think we're getting closer and closer to Omega Hangman at some point. Well, you were. It's Page versus Cage. That's it. Uh, it sorry, it really does. Does Page does Page turn the page on Brian Cage? There's a lot of there's a lot of people with the same fucking last names in this entire fucking roster, and get it, over it. It drives Who gives me insane. Fuck? All right, I'm picking Page, Hangman Page. I like it. I like it. We're on the same page on that one. Next up, Casino Battle Royal for a future AEW World Championship match. I'm gonna name you up, people. And the first one I'm going to say is going to be my pick because when I look at everyone else, it's really obvious. Christian Cage, there's my pick, versus Matt Sedal, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta Alzero Miedo, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, The Blade, Eva Luna, Cole Cabana, Preston Vance, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, ah, Nick Camaroto, no idea who that is, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and TBA. Who the fuck is Lee Johnson? Lee Johnson's in the fucking Nightmare Family. He's a stud. Is that the oh, guy with job. the with the guy with the crazy hair? He's a black guy. Oh. It's so so much I paid attention to the fucking thing. Lee John, out of all those guys, no name guys that I named, I probably like Lee Johnson the most. <laughs> I've at least seen some of his matches and they dig they're good. I mean, I'm sitting there going, like, I think I know most of these people. It's Actually, Cage or Penta are the only like big names in yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's Christian Cage. Yeah, it's and, it, and I'm telling Cage. you, JC, if he gets a fucking action figure before me, I'm retiring. I mean he should. Christian Cage is the man. He's a fucking legend, Hall of Famer. And you know what? Him and Omega would be a fun, a fun feud to, before we get to the Hangman. So Cage before Page, you know? Oh my God, that's just like it, it writes itself, man. It does. Cage before Page. Yeah. So we, we both pick Cage because I think that's super obvious. Next up, we have your favorite match on the card: a singles match between Cody Rhodes with Art Anderson versus Anthony Ho Ho the Go Go with QT Marshall, Nick Camaroto. I have no idea who that still is. And Aaron Solo. Um, uh, I'm picking a go-go because they're trying to make this guy a big deal and Cody's literally can fucking lose to anyone. It literally doesn't matter. Because he's calling himself the American Dream and he's fighting for oh, America, I'm picking the prince of absolutely nothing, Cody Rhodes. He's the prince of wrestling, bro. Yeah, well, he can keep... If Corbin's the king of wrestling, Cody's the prince. Well, he's not a young guy anymore, so, you know. I hope you're right, because I love Cody, and I could give two shits about this guy whose finisher is a punch. You could have stopped and give two Stop shits about say. this, honest to God. Yeah. The go-go can go-go, for all I care. Next up, we have the match, hashtag my main event, hashtag the match I've been looking forward to forever. Forever. And that is a singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida, who has like a one-year anniversary coming up since she won, taking on the DMD. Britt Baker with Rebel. WrestleMania, I just, I I love both these women. They're both incredible. But it is Britt Baker time, baby. It is time for the greatest doctor of dentistonomics to become the AEW Women's World Champion, to be the face of this company. She is the best in AEW, has been for over a year. Give her the title. Give me this. I am going to enjoy this match. I cannot wait for this match. Hashtag my main event. You basically said everything I felt, so it's hard to, to reiterate everything, but I will say this much. I'm looking forward to seeing Britt Baker win, because as you said, but I will also say this much. After this, they'll all be heel champions, essentially. That's not it. when Orange Cassidy beats Kenny Omega. Knock it off. You're not putting it in your predictions. You don't have the fucking stones. Anyway... So yeah, it's gonna be a big deal with all heel champions. So that means something will change. Maybe Moxley wins for two minutes or less. Who knows? We'll see. There but you go. Uh, I, you know, look, I'm excited for Britt Baker. I, I want to see what type of championship shit she does. Like, does she hang her championship in her dentistry office? You know, be like, not only banner ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just all sorts of shit. It'd be like hang a banner because she's like gonna sit there and like fucking like sit there and cry. All sorts of stuff they could do with her. She's she's endless entertainment. Next up, WrestleMania, we have the supposed main event, uh, the crowning of the man who doesn't care with his hands in his pocket. A three-way match for the AEW World Championship. We have the paper champion Kenny Omega with Don Callis defending against... I'm sorry, I just have to get my shots into this spot. I actually love Kenny Omega, for, but not this character. Against Orange Cassidy and Pac. Um, yeah, I... I, I Omega's gonna win. 
but Boo. Go Orange Cassidy! Go Orange Cassidy! Somebody did say that Moose made a comment about showing up to do something, so we'll see. Maybe Moose does distract him to get to Orange Cassidy. Maybe he's the TBA in the fucking Battle Royal bullshit. Well, why would he sign a long-term impact deal? But, you know, whatever. I don't know. Anything's possible. It could be a one-off. You're a one-off. That's what she said. Well, good for you. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else for us to talk about. I think we're done. Uh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, um, yeah, Orange Cassidy, new AEW world champ. Knock it off. <laughs> I just can't believe that he's in the match. It's just, it's like crazy. This is it for him. This is like, you can't get higher than this and you're going back down. Until I mean, else. he could if he wins. But I mean, like th- right now, if he wins or loses, does not matter. This is the apex of his character. We'll see. It is. He got to dunk Chris Jericho in mimosas. How many people can say that? I'm sure a lot of people at the bar. At the bar, Nobody. maybe. Yeah. Give it time. It'll be a match in fucking video games, I'm sure. So then you can just say you do it all the time. AEW is coming out with a video game, so. We'll see. We'll see. You can make Orange Cassidy a champion. <laughs> Keep dreaming, folks. Anyway, on that note, do you want to do the, the do you want to do the socials? Are we good? Yeah, five stars, five flames on the podcasting platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. That's that's the one. Uh, Jobmanocker.com. Check out all our articles, the weekly stuff. Our boy Dom double dips from NXT and Impact. The boy the Joe Stopper does AEW. Our boy SSJ Pegasus handles the New Japan. And as well, like we said, predictions for Double or Nothing will be there. Uh, Twitter handles are in the description of this. Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to be on social media. Cpublic.com slash Jobmanocker. Buy the motherfucking merch. It's such good shit. We'll see you next week, Nestlemania. We will see me next week. Or will we? Bump, bump, bump. No, it's fine. We will see me next it's week. It's time we'll... for us to a go-go. It's a go-go, you ho-ho. And on that note, we'll see you next week with more Jobber Knockery. <laughs> <laughs>